Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Ragland. Hey, V. Good morning. Good morning. A lot of people don't know it is 4 a.m. Yeah, we do this early, honey. Plus eight hours or, yeah. so, or six hours. It doesn't seven. matter. I don't even know. It's 11 something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, guys. It's a pleasure to have you here. We have a very funny and lovely guest today. Yeah. Uh, be excited. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She was on the last season of Glee. This is one of the twins. In and the, she's also been on the Broadway. Yeah, she took over Christina Milioti in Once. Uh, and I saw her on Broadway, so it's pretty bag, cool. Bag. But just a heads up, spoiler alert, this episode is full of lots of Cole's Broadway brags. Well, it might be. We haven't done it yet. <laughs> she hasn't gotten here yet, so I, it's hard to say. Come on, it's on the prep list. It's, well, I just went there. <laughs> so anyways, um, this will be fun. It's going to be great. Tiny bit of housekeeping before we get going, as we like to do. We always do. We just feel like we need to. Yeah, the house is filthy. It is. It uh, is. You could go on to iTunes if you like us and leave us a review. That's you always nice. Go on and leave us a review. That's always special. I've stopped reading them, but <laughs> I do appreciate... I think if you put a good thing into the universe, good things come back to you. <laughs> I, I, I read them. I check for you. Oh. They're pretty good. We'll okay. see. <laughs> Some people are mean, but what yeah. can you do? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, people suck, as they say. That's right. Um, there's a, you can email us. Yeah. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. And speaking of, we got a lovely email from a Arkansian listener, Elizabeth. Um, and I can't write back because your email address keeps bouncing back to me, but thank you so much for reaching out. And Hey, middle school sucks, man. <laughs> She's a teacher, not a kid, but you go. <laughs> you're going to get through it, Elizabeth. And all the students will too. Oh, me as a middle schooler was my worst. Oh, Probably boy. most of us, right? Um. Okay. Were you cool in middle school? I don't know. That was your peak. I bet. <laughs> I would hate to say I peaked in middle school. It's all been downhill from there. Got pubes and it all went south. Um, he used to sing the most highest, beautiful song. Yes, I was a beautiful soprano. Yeah. Uh, my, my words haven't woken up yet. I know mine either. Okay. People are like, "What is up with them this yeah. morning?" But there you go. It's morning. We told you guys yeah. that. It is. We're getting started. The crack of eleven. <laughs> You guys, it's really early. So yes, email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We will read them all. We'll write you back. Uh, guest suggestions always welcome. We are in Los Angeles, so there are uh, some uh, limits to what we can do. <laughs> but uh, we do our best and uh, hopefully get people in that you guys like listening to. Yes, we'd love, we'd love to hear from you. And we do love your suggestions because they help us think in new directions sometimes. That's true. We are mostly listener supported. And you can be one of those listeners. How? Well, I'll tell you. Well, they can already be a listener. Oh, but the ones that support, support us. us. Yeah. Right. If you go to popmyculturepodcast.com, that's mm-hmm. our domain on the website world, uh, <laughs> you can click the donate button and donate a gift. And like we said earlier, you put something good out there, something good's going to come back in the form of an on-air thank you. But I have to, I have to clear that this isn't a can drive. 
<laughs> I mean, I like beans and uh, raviolis and things like that, but I don't really know how that's going to happen. But any amount is appreciated. We occasionally get a sponsor, but that's a rarity. And, uh, you know, there are costs for us to cover to do this. Yep. So um, any little bit helps. We appreciate it. And we'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. Yes. In fact, we'll do our thank yous next episode. Oh, yeah. But we love you guys. And thanks for interacting with us and listening. We have so much fun doing the show. And it's great to know that you're out there. Yep. And we're on things like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. So Yeah, all of them. Yep, all of them. <laughs> Except for Instagram. We should really do that. Yeah, maybe I'll Instagram a picture of this right now. And what? when people listen, they'll look up my Instagram, and it'll be like two weeks ago. Right. My Instagram name is Vanessa Hope. You'll see a peek from right after I said we should Instagram this. Yeah, because see, we're a little ahead right now. Because yeah. uh, you, you guys haven't heard, well, now when you've heard this, you probably will have heard the Paul Edelstein episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but, wow, we're giving uh, them way too much information. Edelstein. That's, that's coming out soon. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, let's get to it, shall we? We're going to be waking up any second now. Yep, here we go. Uh, our guest today played Madison McCarthy on the final season of Glee. She's also uh, been on Broadway in Once. Woohoo! Yay, Laura <laughs> Dreyfus is here. Hey, Laura, how are you? Hey, Cole. Welcome. How are you? And breaking news, this is Laura's first podcast. <laughs> it right. is. I feel like... One of those Rocky Horror like, Picture Show people. <laughs> I know. I need like a big red V on yeah. my forehead. Yeah. Maybe a P. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be attempted mm-hmm. like three minutes and to be like, oh, no, this is your last. <laughs> Walk out and hear the door slam. <laughs> that would be so bad. Well, we're glad so it's, it's us. And it's really a dumb thing to, to even talk about it being your first one. But it feels no, like it's, it's it's good. It's fun. It's cool. I've Welcome never been people more can excited. People get to know you. Oh, yeah? In my whole life. You keep it real cool. Then. Just... <laughs> My palms are sweating. Oh, there it is. It's <laughs> under the table. <laughs> we should mention that the chair you're on has a bomb under it. Oh, 45 great. minutes to defuse it. I mean, you need drama. Right. Mm. There's got to be stakes. we got to get better ratings on this podcast. Yellow right. wire, red wire. <laughs> Cut them both. <laughs> Just wait to the last three seconds to do it. Yeah, please. We need 45 minutes of good conversation. Yeah. There we go. Well, let's start with something super sad. Okay. <laughs> Not really Great. Mm-hmm. Guys. After uh, season 15, American Idol will be no more. Oh. They're pulling the plug. Next season will be the last season. And uh, uh, so the three main judges will still be back in Harry Connick Jr. And uh, Is he a judge on there now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, J-Lo, uh, Keith Urban, and Harry Connick Jr. Wow. What a crew. At this point. It's changed so much. Than the idol I remember. It took them, you know, over 10 years to finally put together a panel that's sort of musical. <laughs> How many judges did they go through? Gone through a lot. It was initially Paul Abdul, Simon Cowell, and Andy Jackson for a long time. Right. That's all it ever that's is in I my remember. head. Yeah. yeah. And then she left and they brought in Cara Di Gorni or whatever her name was. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I watched it pretty much Big every fan. season. <laughs> you uh, have watched it every yeah, season? pretty much. Really? Whoa. It's, becomes like a chore some seasons but you just feel like you've gone that far and you just want to yeah. like finish it out including this season which is almost done but which started think? great like the audition rounds were really good they did them really well and i was like oh look idol's back like mm. this is a little more interesting and then <laughs> it just ah it just weeded out not great i don't think the final talent's amazing well there's one guy on it who's amazing clark. he's saying uh georgia on my mind yeah, it's clark he's yeah good. i know clark. a friend of mine played a clip and he was out of this world have There's you been an Idol fan or any kind of like competition TV ever? Not really. I really, I love uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. the best. Yeah, because I can't dance to save my life, and mm. so I can really appreciate it. Yeah. And it's so be beautiful, show, and they do it because they love it. Like, I feel yeah. like that's, 
that's such an exciting show to watch because they're not in it for, you know, the million dollars at the end of the rainbow. Right. Um, it's just like they're so talented and they can do things I cannot even – if I could do no. any of those things, that's all I would ever do. I know. Me too. I'd be doing flips for days. Yeah. Oh. Those would be two great shows. Dance to Save Your Life. That'd be a good show. Watch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flips for days. I'd watch Flips that for days. Flips for days. How long can you hold a split? Oh. <laughs> just keep a, going. Yeah. They keep cutting like back to it. people at a stopwatch. Like hundreds of contestants. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the splits competition room. How long can every- you stay on your toes? <laughs> It's just the camera bouncing around to random physical challenges of people still holding it. <laughs> Don't oh. stop turning. <laughs> the name of the show is Sad Party Games. Oh, <laughs> For the yeah. physically strong. Right. And you have to take a shot when you fail. Ooh, there, there we go. go. Now, it's now getting, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, this is nighttime this is TV, TV, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what's hard for me, like, watching Idol and stuff like that, too, is, and I guess for anybody who, like, sings and things like that, too, is, like, you hear people that, like, they pick like very stylized singers a lot who like yeah. have a lot of pitch issues. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh, you're nowhere near those notes. Yeah. And like still people are freaking out and be like, oh, it's amazing. And you're like, oh, someone please call out that that was sharp the entire <laughs> thing. It's just, it's kind of frustrating. And then a lot of the women they get now have those like kind of like baby doll singing voices. That it's oh, of, like that really trendy indie thing to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really quite get that. Yeah. I kind of miss like the earlier seasons had a lot of like powerhouse singers like the Jennifer yeah. Hudson's and the Linda Doolittle's people that could really like like were like whoa and Linda Doolittle yeah no she could see. I miss the boat on her being oh, a person yeah. no, she's a star. what is she up to that I don't know <laughs> she's a star <laughs> she didn't yeah. like Jennifer Hudson did which is still really weird to think did she win like, no she was the one she yeah. was a backup singer. For her whole life and this was like the right. one season i watched yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was like so afraid to be in the limelight and then this was like her <gasps> moment to be a star and oh she my was. gosh i don't think she won she didn't win i think she was like fourth or something yeah but she just had one of those like she's very tiny and petite too so like when that voice came out you're like whoa oh i know and she was very humble and like you know endearingly kind of hunched over a lot and then she would just have this amazing <laughs> voice and everyone was like where did it come from oh my gosh and she'd be amazing. like i don't know i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's okay linda like, periodically they'll always be like well it is a singing competition every once in a while but right. i'm like it just feels like you're like and seeing them groom all the artists and make them over and stuff sometimes to their detriment i think i was like that's yeah. not what was appealing about that person at all now they're like all slick and like carefully coughed and stuff and i was like right. I, don't, I don't know that didn't really work and now they're all playing ukuleles <laughs> you got yeah, a thing against thing ukuleles they used, used to not be allowed to play an instrument on the show that was like a later edition like they right. started letting people play guitar. oh i didn't even know you could do that i really haven't watched it i watched the first i think three seasons um and it was fun to watch that i mean it was also fun because i was still in school and so it was like people talking about that um and you did feel like you got to know people through it and then it started to get like i guess all reality tv it starts to figure itself out so it gets like glossier every time and more mm-hmm. packaged every time um so i feel like i missed a lot but it becomes a product yeah instead of like i think the first season at least it felt like you were really like watching a person yeah and it was the first time that bloom. had ever been done so yeah you know, kelly clarkson like everyone wanted her to succeed and- right right and you're like rooting for a yeah. person and then it's like it becomes instead of being compared to like other singers, you're compared to someone from the last season of Idol. Like right, right. it becomes its own little universe. And they always prepare those packets too, where they start to give the background of yeah. the person during the audition thing. And you're like, you know, if they went to their hometown and they filmed, they're gonna at least not be terrible, at mm-hmm. least not very often. 
and they're um, gonna have something sad. Oh, there's always a sad story. Oh yeah. Oh, it's almost. Yeah. It always shows them like walking reflectively down the sidewalk, <laughs> yeah. someplace they used to live, and being like, ah, looking out at a lake. <laughs> I was homeless for 15 years. <laughs> My mom was made out of clay. <laughs> I'm glad you went absurd. I was like, yeah. oh no, this could be bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like the weirdest, like, you know, and you're like, you feel for them. Or it's just like, I'm from this place in the south where I, I work on tractors. The population, they show the city population. population I've never fun. seen a roller skate before. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's a lot of that. Then they always show that person on an airplane being like, I've never been on an airplane. I'm going to Hollywood. This is crazy. Yeah, I'll take a juice. <laughs> I've never done cocaine in the bathroom of the hotel. Well, it's traffic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that. It always cracks me up. Well, it's like the end of an era because that's ending and Grey's is ending, right? The oh, same yeah, time. Grace. And those are both shows that I forgot existed, but that have always been like in the consciousness yeah. of like, oh, that's a show. But Survivor's still going strong. That's on Twitter. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. No, that's like a cockroach. It'll never go away. <laughs> <laughs> Poor uh, us. <laughs> they keep reinventing it just enough. Mm-hmm. People keep coming back to it, myself mm. included. Oh, Cole. The I things you it's do. fascinating, though. The show, Survivor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Human instinct. Well, yeah, it becomes a whole thing where you have to figure out how to get people on your side, and then just so that they trust you, just so you can look out for yourself. Like, there's a whole weird Hunger Games. Thing. Yeah, you can't be too likable because if right. you are, everybody perceives you as a threat because they want to go to the end with somebody they think is a jerk, so they have a chance right. of getting the money. So, like, Ugh. it's hard. It's a weird social game you got to play. Like, you got to be likable enough, but not and not not surface as a leader too right. much. Or like, it's weird. It's weird. And it's a lot of luck. It's Hollywood, baby. And then they reshuffle it a lot, too. Like, you might have finally figured things out, and then the producer's like, well, this is going to be boring because we obviously see where this is going, so uh, change tribes. And yeah. And figure it out. Like, that happens a lot, Big too. plot twist. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I tell you. It's like it's television or something. <laughs> I know. What Weird. a, what a What's concept. What's up with that? It's not about surviving at all. <laughs> it's supposed to be real, guys. It's reality. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of uh, things going away, oh. they, the upfronts just happened, and like every show on television pretty much was canceled. So yeah. many cancellations. This R. is. Just, I'm just going to run down a list of some of the major ones really quickly, and then we can talk about them. Uh, the Mindy Project, mm. Backstrom, The Following, Christella, Forever, Revenge, Heart of Dixie, About a Boy, Marry Me, State of Affairs, Constantine, Battle Creek, and Stalker are all... Wow. Bye bye. Literally every show on television. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so sad. I mean, the list is longer if you look at it, but it included a lot of stuff that was canceled, like out of the gate or really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That A to Z, things like that. Things that just right. didn't stick around long at all. But um, Which is so charming, A to Z. Yeah, it's people, it's weird. It's like if it doesn't hook America immediately. Mm-hmm. They freak out, and then they start half the time like showing stuff out of order. Like the seventh episode's strong. Let's yeah. show that next, even though things have developed plot wise, and it won't make sense half the time. And, I know. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty brutal. I think it's one of the more beautiful, I mean, brutal ones. Hoping that like Mindy Project, there's already a little buzz that it could find a new home somewhere else. Same with um, Constantine. I know they're shopping that to other networks. That is one right. of the beautiful things now. Is like in the past, if something's yeah, canceled, it's gone. The end. Now it's like, oh, it's FXX picked it up. Or, right. or Netflix. Or, yeah. You know, you yeah. can have so many options. And it might even be a better fit. Like, I feel like Mindy Project could be a better fit with a with a different outlet than that because they could go further with their stuff. You know, like some of the stuff that ends up being a sitcom is so glossy and I feel like they could have more fun with a different, like a little more leeway. So maybe Netflix or Hulu or something will get it. That's the one that I'm sad about because I thought it found its stride. I haven't really watched the last season, so... 
I can't say. I had a baby that ruined everything television-wise, um, but made my life much better. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Mindy Project's the one that makes me sad. And then I have friends on other shows, so I'm like, oh, no, guys. It stinks. Yeah, yeah that is one of the things when you know people that are on stuff. Yeah. And you see, like, NBC only has two comedies on its slate or something crazy like that where or they only picked up two new comedies. But it's just like, oh, my gosh. I know, and you associate it with such a comedy-driven channel. Exactly. In my head, it's still, like, you know, must-see TV, that thing. And it's yeah. like, how, how has this all changed? But the good thing is they are going other places. But immediately reading it, it feels like, oh, no, give, give people jobs to put, like, good, funny things into the world. Instead of more, like, nasty reality and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like they're still picking up a lot of scripted shows. And I think that uh, part of that does have to do with the fact that they feel like they have ways of rolling them out. If it yeah. doesn't go on the network television, they can put them online, they can put them on Hulu, they can go wherever. Right. Like, they can find an outlet for it. Because in the past, like, when they started going away from scripted, it was because reality was so cheap and scripted was yeah. so expensive. Mm-hmm. But now they've restructured a lot of these deals that scripted has gotten cheaper in a lot of ways, and I know a lot of people aren't happy about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's better than having to go on Dancing with the Stars to make some money. You know, I'd go on Dancing yeah. with the Stars if I could dance, and if I was a star, <laughs> those are my only two, two requirements. You need, yeah, yeah. two check boxes. Oh gosh, that is sadly empty. <laughs> Sorry, the title gives away nothing. <laughs> Speaking of disappointing, oh no, this is a sad we are day. keeping God. it sad. Oh, sad beats. What's going well, on? It's a different sense. Uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight happened last oh. weekend or whatever, and uh, was one of the most hyped, ridiculous things. And from what I understand, because I did not watch it, was that it was a terrible fight. That it was just a lot of hugging and not much really happened. That's what I heard on the news. Yeah, then there was a decision, and people paid a lot of money to see it. And to like, me, that sounds like the best fight you could have. A lot of hugging. Yeah. Not a lot happening. Let's hug it out, bro. Yeah. Let's just be okay. <laughs> <laughs> they saw the hype and they're like, no, we're better than this. We, yeah. are, we are bigger men. We, we are have, evolved. Yeah. Humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that was what they did in their interviews when everyone was so mad. We're evolved humans. Let's we meditate. Yeah. There was yeah. no way to resolve what was going on. <laughs> Wait, Manny or whatever. That or even just like, look, we're going to go in there. We're going to hit each other for a little while. But then we're going to come out and we're going to go to our book group. <laughs> and we're going to discuss the hours. And that's what's going to happen. I made a friendship bracelet with Floyd. It's going to be great. They zoom in and the men are both wearing like best friend necklaces. And it all becomes clear that this is like a tragic star-crossed fight. <laughs> what's weird for me is it's like, okay, the Super Bowl's free, right? It costs nothing. You can watch it. It's on television. Go to a bar. Whatever. It's free. It's a major sporting event. It's exciting. You right. know there's going to be things that happen. Boxing matches sometimes can be over in 30 seconds. Can last an hour. You never know. Yeah. They can be really disappointing and people are paying $100 a pop to see the fight or going to some bar and paying 20 to $50 admission price to see the fight. The bars are paying thousands of dollars. It's sad to me. The whole... I'm I'm sure that a lot of people like have a lot more reverence for it and understand a lot more about it than I do. But from my outsider point of view, it's just like a very weird thing that people are paying to watch people fight. It makes me I mean sports in general, I like some sports, but some of them do make me uncomfortable and this one just makes me feel weird. Like I know the whole point is centered around aggression. Yeah, it's is- just sad. And I mean, I'm sure there are sportsmen attributes to it right. and especially like with with boxing i know there's a lot of rules um so it's not just like people ripping each other up but it doesn't feel good to me that like everyone gets so excited and pays so much money to watch two people literally fight each other yeah it's yucky i know 
And at least football, you know, people get hurt, but the goal isn't to hurt people. Yeah, exactly. There's a game being yeah. played. Well, I mean, it varies per player. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot more going on. Like at boxing, and I don't know, we might get some angry emails from some boxing enthusiasts. Some well, I mean, I'm sure I don't understand but... what appeals to people about it. Like, I, I know there's a lot of things like that that, like, oh, this is one person's thing that I don't quite mm-hmm. get. But for me, that's one that always bumps with, like, so they're, like, paying a lot of money making people very wealthy mm-hmm. off of just, like, two humans fighting each other in a ring. Yeah. Yikes, that feels like it gives me the old-timey goosebumps of, like, we are still the same critters we've always been, aren't mm-hmm. we? And just the whole, like, pre-show bullshit and all the posturing and then, like, staring each other down and getting each other's face. It's like, come on, dudes. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to kick the shit out of you then deposit my $100 million check. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of, like, come on, you're doing this for the cash. Let's... And, you know, everybody wanted Pacquiao to win because there's the perceived, like, villain side for Mayweather because he's a domestic abuser. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's another thing that makes it all disgusting. Like, these people aren't just, like, randomly violent a lot of the times. It's the same with professional athletes that were, like, shocked they abused their spouse. Like, they are paid to be aggressors. Right. And we, like, we pay them to be aggressors. Well, and the crazy thing is, is if they got into a street fight, their hands are considered lethal weapons because they are professionally trained to use them. And so they have a knowledge that another person wouldn't. So it's like walking around with guns on your hands. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so scary to me. So I think that the fight, everybody was so bummed about it the next day. And I was like, I think it's a win. (laughs) Everybody's a little bummed. Maybe next time they don't want to shell out as much money and nobody is dead. So all I was like. Oh, I think the fight's going on. Let me check social media. Yeah, it's going on. Okay, yeah. is it over yet? Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe other one. All right. Like, that was the extent of me, like, wanting to know what <laughs> yeah, happened. Like, right. just who won? Was it a good fight or not in people's minds? No? Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Like, checking a sports score, but not really caring about the teams that much. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it felt like to me. But mm-hmm. I just can't imagine paying $100 for it. And I had some friends who were like, we didn't really have anything else going on. And we just thought, oh, why not? So, we, you know, we got on a pay-per-view. I was like, you paid $100 for that. I don't think it was 100 Yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was at somebody's um, apartment with Oliver. Like, we we were going to have dinner. And they, like, randomly, they were like, oh, the fight's on. Blink, blink. Like, they just paid it immediately that fast. And, like... The people start like boxing at each other, and I was like, "We're gonna go." Like, I don't really want my baby to watch that. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't watch anything. And first memory, there's no thing. <laughs> Can we get Pocahontas on? <laughs> yeah. That's got some weird like ideas about American history, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Is the scene where she boxed with her raccoon? Yeah. 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 So it's violence. Yeah. Everything's a so celebration violent. of violence. Cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of not canceled shows, but oh, Glee came to an end. Okay, I was yes. like, we're gonna have to turn it around. I know. Yeah, I know. It came to it. Came to an. It was time in a sense. Like the yeah. show is great, but like it had a good run. It, yeah, it had, it had a, a really run. good run. And it's a show that was not necessarily built to be that long in a sense that it like follows high school students that. Really, if you want to follow a freshman to senior, unless they're terrible at school, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a four-season run, and then they're off, unless like every season's like half a semester or whatever. There's only so many times you can go to regionals. But they were Uh, so creative. (laughs) (laughs) Said Cole Stratton. (laughs) But that that was like the challenge of that show, is to figure out how to reinvent itself constantly when kids are graduating. And like they tried to follow it to New York for a little while, but... Mm I felt like that kind of got away from what made the show what it was. Had you been watching? I had actually never seen it. Really? Wow. I saw it. Well, I've seen a few episodes, but I didn't own a TV most of college, Mm -hmm. so I missed a lot. There's a whole, like, 
2006 to 2010 period I missed, but um, I I actually binge watched it when I found out I got it. Yeah, and I was so surprised at how wonderful it was like yeah for, like i watched that first season and i was like this is magical it's insane that yeah. first season especially i remember like hearing the buzz about it before i watched it you know people were just getting so excited mm-hmm. and it was like character actor heyday mm-hmm. you know i mean everyone got to be so unique and i feel like watching that that was the first time like with that and social media together, really watching young people be like so directly inspired by something right. like the way people got lit on fire by what it celebrated, which was diversity, you know, totally. was amazing. I remember watching the first step as the pilot when it came on and liking it, but also being at first, like kind of wish the singing felt live, like, mm-hmm. you know, instead like, and then it became just a device. And yeah. It was fine. Right. But I kind of expected it to be more like, Oh, they're going to sing and just, you know, record it in a sense. But I was like, Oh no, this is totally like studio recording and production. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. production value. And at first I was like, I don't know if I like that. Like, I feel I kind of wanted to just see these kids like boom, sing. And, Especially like, cause they all can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. And, but then I got used to it, it was fine or whatever. And then, because it becomes like, oh, this is fantasy. This is the yeah. bridge of fantasy and reality. And it tackled a lot of amazing things. And, yeah. you know, having Kurt Hummel be a major character on television mm-hmm. was was huge and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it didn't always make sense the show. It's kind of crazy and all over the place. and But always interesting to watch. Yeah. And uh, and then I thought they did pretty good in the last season by bringing in some new new recruits, so to speak, including you. And <laughs> thanks. <laughs> what a glowing compliment! No, you never know like what that's going to be like when they go back. You know? Yeah, they go yeah. back to the school and they bring Leah Michelle back there and stuff like that too, and Kurt and stuff. And you just never know how that's going to feel because when you bring in new students, it's like people are just like they, they they like what they're used to, they like what they know, and you never know if right. it's going to work or people are going to want to. But I thought they did a really nice job this season. I thought all the new recruits are great. Uh, so for you, when you got the role and you were cast uh, with Billy, yeah, like mm-hmm. that must have been pretty crazy since you guys have a history. Right? It was nuts, yeah. Because I actually read for Jane originally, and then they decided they wanted you know a totally different direction, and um, and they didn't. I didn't even read for the twin, but I knew Billy was going in for it, and I was like, oh, that would have been so perfect if we were both reading for that, since we know each other and we're such good friends. And then, um, so sure enough, like after we screen tested we were home a week went by and uh i got a call that they were not going to use me for jane but they were interested in me for the twin and i was like well that would be perfect Mm because i love billy my the guy who was up for the guy twin and they were like oh great okay well we'll be in touch later today and then billy texts me at like noon and he's like girl did you did you find out (laughs) and i was like no did you and he was like yeah, I got it. And I was like, oh, great. And like 40 oh. minutes went by. And I was like, oh, walking the longest 40 yeah. minutes of your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> like walking around Central Park, like kicking stones, being like, it's just a job. It's oh. And then uh, sure enough, I got the phone call and they were like, is this Madison? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. And you yeah. hadn't read for her at all? No. Wow. That's crazy. You know, and the funny thing was, is they had no idea what they did. They didn't know that we knew each other. They just, you know. And you guys had worked together. Yeah, we did hair together on the road for months. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was such a blast, and it was so great having him there. It was like an instant comfort constantly. And I'm sure it got so much legwork done of playing twins. Like yeah, you guys I know. know, we know didn't what have to do. do and yeah. kind of right. <laughs> getting to know you yeah. kind of like, stuff. We're good. I'll just see on set, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you would do the musical numbers, mm-hmm. like what was the process of that like? Did you go into the booth first, learn the songs, record, and set that down? Yeah, they, you know, they sent us the recording demos, and then we had to go in and do that um, at Capitol Records, which was wow. really cool. Yeah. Um, 
a pinch me moment for sure. And then um, after that, we like probably a week would go by. We would usually do a dance rehearsal if that was necessary. And then um, we would pretty much just go in and film it and lip sync or sing along to your own voice in the song. Had you been in recording studios before? Never. I did really? a few things with my boyfriend who's a musician and, um, but it was never anything serious. We would just yeah. be playing around and I'd sing. But so I kind of had an idea, but there's a whole art to it that, um, they would teach me as I would go where they're like, you know, you're a theater singer. So you're used to singing live and you're reaching a further distance. So when you sing into a microphone, you can do so many different levels and, you know, I don't know, it was, it was a really cool thing to learn. That's pretty crazy for your first television job to be such a significant one and to, for it to be like a training in all these different oh, things in at every, once. in every circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And my brother-in-law's a film and TV actor. And I remember the first week I texted him and I was like, I looked into the camera five times. Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> if ever there's a show where you can look at the lens and that might be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would be glee. I know, I'm uh, sure they have a lot of outtakes of me just like, ah. Hey, it's me. Hi. <laughs> There's the camera. <laughs> so when you would do the, like the, the big musical numbers, when you actually shoot them, like did they do a lot of coverage? Was it like just a bunch of cameras at once? Did you have to just run it like crazy to take several, several, several yeah, hours? Yeah, they you would usually do block shooting for the stage stuff. So they would, you know, shoot from behind and they'd shoot from the sides and they'd do like a crane and then they would do from the front and then behind the audience, and then there would be a Steadicam 360 Steadicam just on us, like a whole different... So how long does that process take to record one musical number? Probably 14 hours. Wow. Four, yeah. We would... Yeah. Sectionals, it took about two days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And when does your dancing get its best? <laughs> oh. Like in that hour. Oh, you know. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. <laughs> And I've got to assume that there's varying levels of, of dance training within oh, yeah. the that yeah. some, some people are having a hard time running it once or twice. And by I know. the end of the day, it's got to be really rough. No, you know, dancing with the stars, we're in there. <laughs> Just in my future, really, thanks to Glee. They're calling right now, actually. <laughs> Not a star, just a dancer. <laughs> so. Okay, we'll see how it goes. Was there so. a particular number you had the most trouble with? Um... Ooh. It's like the most difficult to shoot. Um, Uptown Funk took a really long time. That whole sectionals thing. Um, there was like a week where we did the bar mitzvah stuff where mm-hmm. it was Uptown Funk and um, that Ariana Grande song. And then in the same week we were doing Cool Kids and uh, and then all the sectional songs. So that wow. was like a whole, yeah, Come Sail Away, Chandelier um take me to church which they didn't show in the episode but behind the scrim we were doing some serious dancing really (laughs) yeah on like asked to and then it got cut or just like feeling it it? we were no we were asked to i mean it wasn't necessarily cut you just couldn't really see it yeah but it was like really intense dance partner work that i wish the world could see oh my gosh that's amazing because none of us were really dancers (laughs) (laughs) which is probably why it wasn't featured (laughs) oh yeah the lighting didn't work out on that Yikes. Yeah, yeah, just uh, you know, close up on Noah. <laughs> so, coming from a Broadway background, like what? Mm-hmm. Are, what? I'm sure everything was different doing TV, but like the learning curve. What do you feel like are the benefits and challenges of each? Um, I think it was you know with theater, 
you you don't stop. Like there's a full arc. Um, if someone messes up, you keep going. You find a way to work it out. Um, you know, never dropping the ball, keeping it you know interesting, and then also the audience being a huge you know participation factor. Which that was probably the biggest adjustment for me because that's almost another character when mm-hmm. you're in theater is the audience, um, and you know you get a different audience every night, and that totally affects the show. Um, you get a different show every night because of that. So, yeah, kind of learning to just work without that and realize that there's just another person, and allowing the camera to come to you and not needing to give anything yeah. more than what's necessary. Yeah, kind of that restraint. Yeah. Um, and the waiting. There's just oh. so much waiting. You would just do a scene that took five minutes and then they'd have to reset everything and wait another 25 and that was that was another thing. And trying to stay completely awake for all of that. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah, those days have to be crazy long, but when you're on a Broadway, you're on, like, what, eight shows a week schedule? Yeah. That's got to be pretty intense. Yeah, that's it's challenging in its own way. Yeah, you've um, done two boot camps, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Every, everything you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, you do that show, and then you're done, you go home. And it's only, you know, two, two and a half to three hours of your life. And then you have the day free the next day. and But you don't get weekends off. Yeah, so right. that's the other thing. And I mean, when you were doing it, are you distracted that day by knowing you have a show? Like, I feel like that constant pressure would be, I mean, you'd adjust, but I don't know. It seems that's a huge pressure. Yeah, yeah. at first it was a challenge, but you get kind of used to it. Yeah. And after a while, it just sort of becomes in your muscle to do so, so you could like enjoy something else in the day, and yeah. be like, "Oh, gotta go to Broadway," <laughs> and say, "Broadway's it like this. waiting." <laughs> so I have to run, but Broadway awaits. <laughs> we can't hang out with Laura anymore, <laughs> guys. I'm so sorry to cut this coffee short. I just I gotta go to Broadway. <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> so you uh, you played the girl in once. Yes. You took over for uh, Christina Milioti. Like, yeah. what was that? process like did you start as an understudy to learn yeah it? yeah i was her standby for six months so um it was crazy I, I joined right after they had won the tony so that was and i had seen the show before i auditioned and it was my favorite show i had seen that season and wow i remember turning to my boyfriend after i saw it and i was like i'm gonna be in that i'm gonna be in that in six months and oh. he was like can you play the piano <laughs> <laughs> i'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> so yeah somehow i managed to fool them into thinking i could and um, did you start taking lessons or something no i played my whole life but i was really bad like i didn't practice um you know took a long time i, I basically i put myself through boot camp and practiced three hours to four hours a day wow and just did it you know measure by measure and eventually got it but i remember i have a recording of the first audition where i did the first song and it like was the slowest tempo ever <laughs> like i took forever to play it but yeah that's amazing i think your definitions of like being bad are probably not the right i like well, you're yeah. bad, bad enough to end up good enough for broadway <laughs> yeah well it's it's different because there's like it's you have to find people that can sing act and play the yeah. piano so you almost sacrifice some things here and there right hopefully you and you know but, it will all end up yeah yeah and eventually you get better but yeah that's awesome so when you're an understudy like how does that work there's separate understudy rehearsals i'm assuming mm-hmm. and then you just like <laughs> kind of watch the show a bunch initially to just kind of yeah take it in from there yeah, you just watch it. You figure out the important things, like what chair do I grab and 
how do I not run into that person and, you know, make sure everything in you yourself is safe. But, uh, yeah, it's just like you, you practice with other people and then hope that it goes well when you go on and hope like, you know, I was really lucky. I had an awesome, you know, Steve Kazee who won the Tony for it was, you know, the person I did it with the most. And he, it was impossible to do a bad job because mm. it was, you're in really good hands with your castmates and everyone in that show is like a killer actor and really took care of everybody. When was the first time you got to do it? Um, I was in September, uh, three years ago. So was it unexpected or was it the shift? It was you- planned. Yeah. Cause Kristen had gotten Wolf of Wall Street at that point. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason why they brought me on was because they knew she was going to be missing a lot of shows and, um, so they were all pretty much planned cause it was revolving on her shoot dates. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, um, like one thing I find really impressive about understudies is like, cause I just went this past week and saw like seven shows, but like you look at the understudy thing and like, they don't go on very often mm-hmm. and some of them are understudies for like six parts or something like that. Yeah. Like, I've done you, that. That's kind really? of Yeah. What shows? That. With hair. I was a swing and that's like the oh, hardest job my gosh. anyone on Broadway does. Yeah. You just sit backstage and you're expected to go in for any character. Wow. Yeah. I know. I was that horrible is at it. so stressful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. crazy tough. I can't imagine doing that. So you just have to know the show backwards and forwards. Yeah, you have to keep it in your brain. I had a whole notebook with every detail of where everyone went in every moment of the show. And like even diagrams drawn out of like who runs where. Because that show is also chaos. You're just running. And yeah. Like conform- I don't know. It was crazy. But um, yeah, it, you have to like keep looking through your notes. And you had to keep watching the show and making sure that everyone was doing what you thought they were doing. Did you ever have any bad sort of thing oh. happen? Oh, yeah, especially with that show. There were so many things that could have gone wrong, and they all did. <laughs> especially because the whole naked factor, you're just oh like... Oh, my gosh. And at the end, you're, like, running in different directions because, like, this alarm goes off, and so you're, like, smacking into people naked. naked. It's just the best situation to be in. Well, I guess that's a good show to be swinging for wardrobe. <laughs> True, yeah. I know, the costumes don't change. And then you just take them off. Yeah. So. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so in once, like, uh, first of all, there's a pretty amazing cast. Uh, David Patrick Kelly, who I think is phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. Coolest guy ever, yeah. And, like, a lot of people don't realize that, like, he was a film actor for a long time. Yeah. Still technically is, but doesn't do that much anymore. But he was in The Warriors, which is, like, a, a mm-hmm. classic, classic film. Um, just like little, there's little things like that peppered throughout Broadway shows. I find mm-hmm. that's, but he was in the, th- uh, why mm-hmm. does no one care? I know but they should. Um, but the whole cast is great too. And, um, so Ben Hope, mm-hmm. who you did it with, like yeah. he, how did you meet, first meet him? Was, was he cast independently of you? And he, he came before me. He was, when they first made the Broadway company, he was a swing. He was a, a guy swing. Wow. And then they bumped him up. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's the coolest guy ever. This story is like giving hope to understudies everywhere. (laughs) It happens more often than you think. A lot of understudies, especially the girl in Fun Home right now on Broadway. She was the understudy for the public. And then they bumped her up, and now she's nominated for a Tony. Wow, that's so amazing. I did see that show last week. It's amazing. I've heard nothing but awesome. It's really, really good. 
Yeah, I did actually see you in once. We saw that like two years ago. Oh no way! Yeah, and uh, I sat. We sat in the Lincoln seats, which I disliked. Mm -hmm. But because in Act Two you can see anything because there's a lot of stuff up top or whatever. And I was like, I know there's things happening up there. But but it was one of those things like we had waited in the like last minute rush line Mm -hmm. or the lottery line or whatever, and like they were literally the last two seats. And we're like, well, all right, I want to see it. And Mm -hmm. it's the one chance to see it. So it turns into a podcast. Yeah, here. Right, but that is tough to like. I just I've tried not to do partial view seats, but occasionally you just end up with them. I think when I saw yeah. Full Monty on Broadway was partial view, and it was like one half of the stage. Right, <laughs> right. I think the show's good. The half I'm seeing of it, <laughs> but that's crazy. Like how all the ticketing works too, and stuff is like we tend to when we take our trip. My wife and I will buy like one or two shows in advance that so we just feel like we have to, otherwise we're not going to get tickets. And everything else, we just half price ticket booth. We right. go down to South Seaport, which is like kind of the secret one where the lines are shorter and they tend to have better seats. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's Ooh. way better. Wow. But you just never know what you're going to get and the percentages right. change and stuff. And yeah, it's just kind of wacky, never knowing where you're going to end up in those theaters. But most of the theaters, there's not too bad of seats. It's- yeah, they're kind of designed so that you can see everything. But You grew up in Jersey? I did, yeah. When are your first memories of like... Like oh. falling in love with Broadway or going to the Broadway shows? Well, my mom's a Broadway fanatic. Oh, really? She, yeah. I mean, she's a doctor, but I think she secretly always wanted to be a Broadway performer. <laughs> so she always... Laura, lots riding on you. Okay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she took us at a very young age to see all the shows. And I remember seeing Les Miserables when I was six. Oh, and wow. I was mesmerized and I wanted to be that Cosette. And I also wanted to be the little boy that got shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ryder Strong played him in San Francisco. Yeah. I've seen that when he was a kid. Yeah. It's, you know, that's probably my favorite show because of that. And um, Had you already started any kind of performing? No. I mean, my older sister, she's 10 years older, so she she actually is an actress, too. She's oh, wow. on Broadway. And um, I kind of always watched her do it and mm-hmm. thought, oh, this is so accessible. I'm, I'm 13. I could be on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That well, was, what a great way to grow up because it is pretty true. You know, yeah. if you can get your head in that um i feel like some people don't even sort of have the vocabulary to have that dream you know yeah. because it seems so far away so that's awesome that you were in a world where it was like oh, that's Ignorance a possibility yeah because yeah. <laughs> if you know too much you would never do anything totally you know i know the reality didn't really hit that it was like one in a million every time yeah so you had started seriously performing like as a teen um, you know, seriously, meaning I was, you know, the Puerto Rican in a chorus line. Whoa! <laughs> so that, you know, if that's how we're going to measure it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty into my craft at that point. You know, yeah. Um, no, I, I, my mom actually discouraged it a lot growing up because really? I think she had it in her head because my sister was so successful that the odds of it being two in one family are not that high. And, um, but I was pretty defiant and, um, I think I just got lucky that I got to a conservatory, a musical theater conservatory that kind of paved the way for that action. Um, And yeah, that was, that's pretty much. That's awesome. The best way to go about it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really see myself playing Puerto Ricans. It's fair. It's fair. (laughs) What an arc your career has had already. (laughs) So we, I literally just got back two days ago from New York. We saw seven shows over there. Hey, I remember. One of the things we did was we went to sleep no more. Oh, it's so cool. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty crazy. It's nuts. So I I always like, cause my wife always wanted to go to it. And I was like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like my company. Is that the interactive? Yeah. Yeah. So what it is, is for those people, 
people who have no idea, it's it's this really immersive theater thing. That's kind of what they call it. And uh, it's it's a warehouse district in Chelsea where they just kind of converted a couple warehouse spaces into basically a 1920s hotel. That's the yeah. vibe of it. Um, and then when you first go in, there's like a lounge area where there's like a you know a, a cabaret singer and a bar and stuff like that. It's where you can hang out and go back there whenever you want. It's accessible from the installation, so to speak. Everybody in the audience wears a mask, sort of like eyes wide shut. They're mm-hmm. these creepy, mm-hmm. creepy looking masks. The actors don't. That's how you can tell who's in the show and who's just wandering around. And then they tell you to like have your own experience. Try not to stick with people because they'll break you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the initial uh, ride up on the elevator, like they'll tell everybody to exit, and then they'll let one person off and then stop and then go up to the next floor. And that person's like, "Wait, what?" Uh, and you're not allowed to talk. You, you can't speak. You got to keep your mask on at all times, and you can go wherever you want, whenever you want. You can go up to any floor. There's like a hundred rooms in this thing. And um, the actors also don't talk. It's all movement and music. So there's constantly music playing. Wow. And the inside of the thing, it's not just inside rooms. They're all creepy and weird. Yeah. But there's like outdoor areas inside. So there's like a forest. There's a right. graveyard and all this kind of stuff. And the actors move around. It's supposed to be Macbeth. I didn't really get that. But it's like Rosemary's Baby and Macbeth. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. And the, the play itself technically rotates every hour, so I guess they do it like three times or whatever. So you yeah. may catch the same action if you happen to be in the same place an hour later oh, or whatever. Right. But the the actors all move around. People follow them in their masks, which gets sort of annoying because they clog up everything and you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really weird, but cool. Yeah, it's a really awesome. Like, did you get interacted with? I didn't, but I, I saw some people getting interacted with. Yeah, a friend of mine, he got pulled into a room and they basically mummified him. Really? <laughs> they, like, wrapped him up in cloth, this woman, and she, like, like put her hand on him and said a prayer and then Whoa. just left. And he, like, had to take... He had like, to unwrap himself? He just kind of unwrapped himself and walked out. It was... Yeah, and I've heard people, like, get pulled into closets and, like, I guess a friend of mine, Lady Macbeth, like, brought him into this closet and, like, sat him down and did the whole monologue into <gasps> his ear and like kissed him on the cheek and then walked out and it's it's really like cool things could happen it's really weird did you end up in that orgy room thing did you see that i missed that that's the the craziest thing i've ever seen yeah one of these rooms and i'd heard about this thing he was like oh if you find that it's gonna be mind-blowing like Mm -hmm. all right whatever and just happened to walk into the room as the thing was starting and there's this pounding techno music playing and this woman in a red dress is just kind of breathing then all of a sudden she screams and then all the other actors come in most of them, and then they all start kind of making out and then disrobing, and then a, f- a, stra- a strobe light starts going, so you're only seeing stuff mm-hmm. in like yeah. flashes while this techno music is playing, and they're like pouring wine and drinking, and then Whoa. a guy comes in completely naked but wearing a goat head, so you don't know who he is. Oh no! So full frontal, and there's like blood all over him, and then somebody else has like all of a sudden there's like a baby, like a baby covered in blood, and she starts breastfeeding him or whatever, and they're all it's just the most insane thing ever. so is it a time is it in a period or is it 1920s oh i might have missed you saying but that. it's just i mean that that, that experience is like that room i was like wow i don't know what just happened it, but I, it was crazy well that is yeah. cool though i mean i i would love to do something like that i did some i got to see some theater like that a while mm-hmm. ago but never anything to that level of like production design or anything which i imagine would just be kind of like walking through dreams and nightmares in a good way it kind of is yeah. and like if you look i just looked at the yelp reviews because i was curious mm-hmm. what people were saying about it and like three out of the four were like this is amazing you'll love it and then you know the fourth was always like 
what what just happened? I that was boring. I couldn't stand. Well, it's it. got to it be terrible. polarizing because it's a bizarre. It's bizarre. Like you have, to, and I'm like one of the most cynical people ever. So like <laughs> going into <laughs> it, picking up on that, I, I was just like, I don't, I don't know about this. Like, <laughs> but I was trying to keep an open mind because so many people I know like love it and rave about it. And at the end of the day, I was like, it was amazing production design, amazing set, a really yeah. cool experience. I, I guess it's theater, you know, but like there wasn't any narrative that I could pick up on. It was just like weird snippets of stuff and cool stuff to walk around in. Right. And you can do it at your own pace up to three hours is how long you have. And they bring you in every 15 minutes. They stagger it. Um, and I think I explored it for about 90 minutes or so. And that's when I was like, I'm going to go get a drink because <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason. You're not moving in any particular right. thing. You're going mm-hmm. up and downstairs. You're, you're going to floors. So I would find myself back at the same places a lot. And then I was, I couldn't find new stuff, mm. even though I know there's tons of stuff I missed because, you know, afterwards you talk to people like, did you go to this place? No, I didn't go to <laughs> yeah. the candy room. I was, was in that? the goat sex place for a while. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that. So, yeah. So that's why I think at the time I just kind of popped out because I was like, I don't, I can't find anything new right now. I mean, I know it's there. Yeah. I keep making the same turns or something. And <laughs> Do you know any performers that do that show? I don't. I've never, I've met one person once through a friend, but I no, no yeah. friends that are doing that. I wonder what that experience would be like as a performer. Really intense, probably yeah. really freeing too. Yeah, yeah, because it's like improv, basically totally. within a world. It's weird because like an actor will do a little scene and then all of a sudden will like take off, like he'll just <laughs> run, he'll sprint and go up the stairs or whatever. Yeah, else, and everybody else is trying to follow them. <laughs> right, and, but they do that on purpose so you can't just constantly follow the same stuff all mm-hmm. the time. But. Yeah, it was pretty. It was interesting. I recommend checking mm. it out if anything, just to see have it. an experience. Yeah, it's totally a unique thing. It's definitely unique. So you're doing a show in DC coming up. I am. Yay, Hanson. Yeah. Um, July 10th through August 23rd. I've been told by That's the. It's so internet. exciting! Oh wow! Put it on your calendar. So basically, that's more or less an out-of-town tryout to figure out if it's yeah. going to go probably after that. Hopefully, yeah. Um, so how did you come to that project? You're originating a role, right? Yeah. That's so exciting. Which is a dream. Yeah, I'm really, really stoked about that. Um, yeah, I, I had done two workshops of it in New York. Um, one was actually while I was screen testing for Glee. So I was like oh. doing a red eye and then coming back for the rehearsals. And Ooh. Yeah, that was stressful. But um, no, it was it was from the moment I started working on it, it was just automatically understood that this was something really special and really original which is cool it's a totally original story um i couldn't really i i read about it but i couldn't really get much of the story from it i don't know how much so, you're allowed to yeah say. i don't know how much i'm allowed to say but it's it's really complex it's basically this guy he writes a college scholarship essay and it it gets into the wrong hands and there are these two families that um are separate but then get very involved with each other and um you know it's it's just like it's awesome because it also it, it explores technology and how that affects the way we communicate mm-hmm. with other people and in like a really cool way that I don't think has ever been done before. So, wow. Um, yeah, I'm really, and the music is incredible. I don't know if you're familiar with Pasek and Paul, but they're just like really awesome up-and-coming young uh, composer-lyricist. Sweet. Was this your first introduction to them? or? Um, yeah, I, I had known of them for a while because we have a lot of mutual friends. Um they went to Michigan, and I have a lot of theater friends that mm-hmm. went there. Um, but that, this is my first time really working with them. So, oh my gosh, it's exciting. so exciting! Did yeah. they work on some songs after you'd been cast? Like, 
Are some things being built with you in mind at this point? Yeah, I mean, not, I don't know if they're writing for me in particular, right. but um, they definitely they are writing. Like It's continuously being workshopped, and the last workshop we did, they introduced a new song, which is breathtakingly beautiful, wow. and everyone in the cast at some point sings it, so it's like a repetitive theme, and um, yeah, it's it's. It's really cool. Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting to originate a role. Thank you. I can't, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, let's do first. We do this every podcast. It's a different first from life. Uh, this is episode 179, so these are getting weird. Yeah. Um, what was the first time you can remember seeing yourself on television in any way, shape, or form? The first time I saw myself on television? Yeah, mm. whether it was like a news thing or <laughs> whatever. I think it was Glee. Was it Glee? Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I almost threw up. Well, <laughs> out of which feelings? <laughs> it's just like seeing my face on television. Yeah, that was the first time. Wow. It was nice. like that opening sequence. Cool. That's got to be a surreal one, too. Yeah. Yeah, because you're watching all these people that you've seen on television exactly. before, and then all of a sudden you're with them, and you're kind of like, how did that happen? <laughs> you're in the world. Yeah. I just, I'm a cheerleader. I just astral projected. <laughs> yeah. It's working. <laughs> what was yours, Vanessa? I think mine was like, this is where I have a very untrustworthy, I'm an unreliable narrator because I don't know if this was actually on TV, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it was in, in like second grade, my elementary school put together some sort of like news show, but it was on stage mm-hmm. and it was like a PSA about the rainforest that we were all in, but like I was playing a reporter in it and then all the local news like ran our little PSA. I started coming to terms with the way I looked about that. Oh. <laughs> it was not what I imagined. I'll tell you that much right now. How depressing. No, Even as, in like feeling. second grade being like, goo. Oh <laughs> such a young age to feel that. Like, oh, you're like the biggest one up there. And <laughs> what are those like- crow's feet? <laughs> well, you know, the camera adds 10 pounds, they say. And, uh, you know, when you're a kid that's, that's yeah that's when you're short that's a lot of weight that's a significant amount of your body mass <laughs> i was like four feet tall right I mean, like i thought i played a lot of tag but maybe i should do more <laughs> i should up my tag oh can't do snack time every day like the other kids oh, no. no i couldn't possibly <laughs> yeah so but i did like my performance but what it's worth nice cool. I think it was when I moved to San Francisco for college, I started doing extra work initially. Um, and I, they, Party of Five, if you remember that show. Oh, I'm familiar. It was supposedly took place in San Francisco. Did not. Uh, <laughs> but they shot the exteriors there for like two weeks in the summer. They would come and shoot all the exteriors for the season or whatever. And so I, I did a day on that where it was like a beach party day. And like it's never warm in San Francisco. So that's was like the worst possible time to be like you're dressed in something in shorts and a t-shirt but it's 40 degrees Just out oh, no thanks. and uh like yeah i remember like it was like a 15 hour 16 hour day or something like that and like the extras holding there's like bales of hay to sit on it was terrible <laughs> and uh and we were like on the peripheral of the like bonfire scene at night out in the mist where it's freezing you know <laughs> like they're not even to see us out here but earlier in the day there was a shot where at the start of the scene myself and one other guy they started on us, like, walking in the foreground in front of uh, Scott Wolf and Nev Campbell coming the other direction or whatever. So it was, like, it was the lead-in thing to that, so we knew we would be seen in a sense. Oh, it was like, oh, yeah. cool, or whatever. <laughs> and then I think it was the first time I had, like, been on a national television in a sense, even though it was an extra gig. But my relatives in the Midwest, like, 
took some screen grabs. So I had like this like three shot sequence screen grab of like my walking by. That's amazing. Campbell and Scott Wolf. Oh. So that, I think that was for sure my first thing. That's a, that's a good start, Cole. <laughs> it was party it's better seven. Better than After the second party grade. seven. <laughs> those five and me and some other dude. Spin off. Right? I thought we were going to get it. You remember those cameras, guys from the intro? The cameras well, just stayed back. on us. The cameras just stayed on us. That was the sliding doors moment of that show. Could have gone way out of These wacky roommates. If only they knew what I was capable of. <laughs> it would have been great. Like, I didn't even know the other guy's name. It would have been you weird. You would have had so much chemistry. Who knows where it would have gone? Oh, well. I tell you. All right, well, we did that. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's see my questions. Uh, build a movie. We like to do these. Uh, we're going to build a movie together fictitiously. We can add anybody we want to it, living or dead if you want. There's no budgetary constraints. It can take any turn that we want it to. Uh, but let's build the best movie about Broadway, a la Birdman or Fame or whatever that we can. We can add as many elements to it as we want. Okay. You want to start it off, Vanessa? Um, well, let's make it a woman's journey to Broadway. Okay. For the first time. Mm-hmm. I always like that. And she's like a country mouse that comes to the city. Wait, and is she literally an animated country mouse? She's a mouse. Okay. An Angelina mouse. Ballerina goes to Broadway. Um, no, I'll cast a human. And it will be played by... Oh, no. I don't have... Who are good young female actors that are not Jennifer Lawrence? I love her, but we got to get somebody new in here. Emma Emma Stone? Oh, yeah. Great. Big fan. Yeah. Okay, so she, uh, she like, kind of came from the country and, like, I don't know, wound up at a bagel store in New York, like, working mm-hmm. there, and then somebody heard her singing to mm-hmm. herself. Okay. She was just going to be going to school, and they were like, you should come down. It was actually a lyricist for a new show, and he was like, oh, that sounded great. You should come down and... Check out my musical I'm working on. Pass. And the, the lyricist is played by Christian Borle, because why not? Why not? Keep him in the Broadway family. And then she's got a couple of roommates, because she's got a, a, oh, yeah. a, kind of a crappy flat that she shares, and they're played by Daniel Franzese, because why not? Oh, yeah, he's mm-hmm. great. And um, one other. Maybe like, uh, what's her name from Community? Um, Allison. Or Alison Brie or Gillian Jacobs? Nope, keep going. Yvette Nicole Brown? Yeah. Yvette Nicole Brown. All right. So those are her roommates. Okay. Okay, cool. What is this time period? Oh, you Ooh. can set it. Yeah, you can set that. I'm feeling 1950s, 40s, early early 50s. Oh, Ooh, like that's nice. The golden yeah. dawning of Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is, a, you know, the likelihood of that actually happening. And she gets discovered oh. and... Um, and it's a, let's see, a war, a war oh. musical. Oh, it's called Bombs Away. Bombs Away. <laughs> and there's a, fire. The, the first time fire, fire was ever on used on Broadway. Which oh. is why a lot of people are excited about seeing the show because it's supposed to be a spectacle. Yeah. A real spectacle. See? And, and she gets marred in the face. <gasps> Just staying on the sad route here, you know? Yeah. yeah. She, she, she gets completely... Um, burned, and it's almost like the Wizard of Oz when the witch actually got burned in the movie because the trap door didn't open. Right. Um, and it's a little like Phantom of the Opera, what they have to do to yeah. work around it. Oh, but guess who doesn't mind? The male lead, who was already thinking she was, you know, she was special from yeah. the first rehearsal. And actually, when they were dancing, he spun her out too far, which is why. 
and then he spends the rest of his life trying to make up for it. Yeah. But this isn't really about the musical, so maybe. <laughs> but we just need that's backstory. That's that backstory. That's yeah. backstory. That's who's very the male important. lead? Um, oh, someone with shiny black hair. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> what if it's like Oscar Isaac? Who's Oscar Isaac? Inside. Do we have to edit that out of the podcast thing? <laughs> uh, he's up and coming right now. Well, he's in the new Star Wars movie, but he's also in Inside Lewin Davis. He was the big oh, guy in that. Oh, he's okay. Great. Yeah, I like him. I'll take him. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they, he's married, but it was a forced marriage mm-hmm. by his family uh, to some other family they've been close to that are immigrants, and they needed him to marry this woman so mm-hmm. that she could come to America. It's an unhappy marriage, and he starts falling for Emma Stone. In the course Perfect. of the bombs away, bombs away. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sensing. I'm sensing that's, a hit. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel, I feel like it's doing I, well. I'm just gonna say it's not a great idea if you put bomb in the title of your <laughs> show. Well, that's why there's comedic relief. Uh, the comedic relief in this show is is uh, uh, like one of the backers from the for the show who is constantly upset and it's played by Alan Arkin mm. oh that's mm-hmm. good he's like why is, why is bombs in the title the bombs you can't call it bombs title. away you can't call it that but I'll let you yeah. do it um, so he pops it periodically and, and cracks wise about the production you guys okay and then it comes out I've got some plot stuff that just happened the, <laughs> the unhappy wife she didn't want to marry him either but she didn't even have the language to tell him so he always thought that like you know, he had to stay with her, but she's been trying to tell him, like, she's unhappy. She's a lesbian. This is before mm. those stories had even been told. Oh, yes. She needs to break out, too. And she also has been trying to build these, ma- these like, creams from... She's an Italian immigrant. She's uh-huh. made these face creams she wants to sell at, like, a big uh, Barney's or one of these yeah. stores that was in existence. But guess what the creams inadvertently do? What? Heal <gasps> the burns. <gasps> what the what? And then we need like a crazy choreographer that just keeps trying to make everybody tap dance. Oh yeah, you constantly. Know? Yeah, I like that. Uh, just like shuffling off to Buffalo, putting the creams on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Danny DeVito is the choreographer. Yes, perfect, Danny DeVito. <laughs> and he always wears a sequined vest. <laughs> Lenny. I don't know anything about tap dancing, so that's no. how he speaks. It's I good. like it. So I think the title of the film will just be Bombs Away. I feel yeah, like it has yeah. to be. Um, it makes the most sense. The show ends up being a hit, even though the theater burns down. <laughs> it becomes an outdoor show. <laughs> and Under the, the first, stars. It's the oh, first yeah. production in the park. Bombs Away. Oh, yes. great. Beautiful movie. There it is. Uh, Bombs Away, kids. That's the public theater in the park was born. Exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> it's an origin story. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, okay, it's time for my questions. But real quick, I'm going to say I saw in your prep you like Parenthood. I do. I just started. Oh, you just started. Yeah. Oh. So I can't okay. get too crazy about it, but I'm obsessed. You're going to keep loving it, honey. I know. I just want I want a family to be that good. I've, I have another friend that like we talk about the Bravermans like they're our oh, friends, too. God. And I just want to be like adjacent to that family so badly and believe that it's a real thing. Yeah. It ends. You're going to love the whole ride. Okay. And if you hit a bump, bumpy patch get through it because it's gonna turn around well i had to stop i had to stop when um when when uh what's his face uh dax shepherd's character he he was like drunk oh yeah i had to pick up and then i I had to turn it off yeah you'll get through it everyone it's 
everyone, there's moments, there's some bad moments, but then it's going to be okay. And like the ending, oh my gosh, I thought we could talk about that. I mean, I like Parenthood, but like, I just got so frustrated with the Bravermans because they don't talk to each other. It's just like, they do eventually, but there's a lot of like misunderstandings and stuff mm-hmm. where they could just have a two minute conversation. We don't have to see six <laughs> it's episodes It's the way the show them. works and it works And then they have me. that conversation finally and then they all go swimming or play basketball uh-huh. or something. Yep. To a, like, or baseball or they cry or they yep. go support each other. Oh, I will say, it's mm. like that everyone in that show goes to therapy. Like every yeah. character. Yes. Because the way they fight, they fight so fair. Yeah, so fair and so intellectually. Yeah. Oh, and to have like Bonnie Bedelia as your mom. God. I mean, I love my mom. Dream come true, though. But I wouldn't mind Bonnie on the side. <laughs> Maybe we could get her for Bums Away. Oh, yeah, let's get her. <gasps> She's Emma's mom. Yeah, that, perfect. At the country that's like, don't go, don't go. But then guess what? She shows up mm-hmm. for opening night. Mm hmm. Oh, it's so sweet. And she falls in love with Danny DeVito. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. It's unexpected. And Emma Stone's like, Mom? You think he's gay, but yeah. he's actually, okay. yeah. But, but then that's you the see plot him twist. And he, like, worships her. Yeah. He makes her feel like a million bucks, and then she's wearing sequins. And this is a woman who's only worn aprons. Mm-hmm. From aprons to sequins, that's the sequel. And now she's tap dancing. Oh, gosh. She's buffalo shuffleoing everywhere. Buffalo <laughs> <laughs> shuffleoing? I grew Olsen. up in the theater. Um, okay, these are my questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? No, mm-hmm. but I worship them. Thank you. When I was a kid, yeah. She's asked at every episode. <sighs> this is the 179th time it's been asked. Yeah. Uh, it's always good to know. It's, maybe, it's a maybe. pretty big insight I into kinda, character. I kind of judge a person based on how they feel about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Yeah, I feel really good about yeah. them. Um, okay. This is called Mary, Murder, Make Love. Oh, you know, I like great. how you cleaned I it love, up. Mm-hmm. I love the clean version. Um and then this is full disclosure. This is one that Cole wrote because I was like, I have four um, last night, so I might not so pronounce So throwing me under the bus. Do you want no. me to pronounce the yeah. names? Well, there's only the last one that I'm a little unsure about. Yeah, but you go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's FMK. Mary, murder, make love. Sure. That's Mary, the cleaner version. Uh, murder, make love. So one for each of them. Okay. Uh, the probably leading men, <laughs> Matthew Morrison, Brian Darcy James, or Michael Cerveris. Cerveris. That's the one I was worried about. So those three, one. Oh, what are you doing to me? Okay. <laughs> I can't murder Matt Morrison. You do have a bit of a working relationship with him. <laughs> I know. All right. I might have to. This is like a uh, survivor. <laughs> Make love. Um, Brian Darcy James. <sighs> mm Mary Matt Morrison. Ooh. That's a good career move. Sorry, Michael Cerveris. There's one better, option left. You better win your Tony quickly because you're about to die. Get in the boot. <laughs> but he may get more appreciation posthumously. That happens. You know? And he's amazing and fun home, by the way. Like Yeah, I just can't so good. I think it maybe the choice comes down to like I'm just not worthy to even look him in the eye. So you have to kill him. I get it. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> right. Logic makes sense. She's killed so many past podcast guests. <laughs> oh, I'm not worthy. And then you just <laughs> suffocate him. Um, you've angered a wizard and you're forced to uh, suffer one of these punishments. Great. Okay. He's giving you two choices. Either for the next 10 years, you're in a competitive cheer squad with no other performance outlets. Mm-hmm. So you're just traveling, doing cheers. 
or you do a tour of hair, no other performance outlets for the next 25 years. Hair, absolutely. Really? Oh my God. 25 years of hair. 25 years of hair. I could actually do that and maybe be happy. Oh, that's a great answer. (laughs) I'm glad that that wizard wasn't so bad after all. (laughs) He thought he had you. (laughs) And you're doing swing in that. I forgot to mention. Just kidding. You know what? Well, 25 years (laughs) in, it will be no problem. Bring on the cheering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. A sea witch has stolen your voice. Now, you are forced to steal someone else's voice. Whose do you steal? Oof. Whose do I steal? Um. Oh, God, but everyone I love, I don't want to hurt it. Okay. Well, they'll get to steal another voice. I mean, it's a horrible chain that the Sea Witch started. I get to have their voice? Yep. Oh, 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 now I understand the game. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um. Dolly Parton. Oh, such a good choice. Yeah. Sorry, Dolly. But you're welcome world. You're going to use it, honey. I will. Can you imagine? I would. What? Yeah. Die a happy death. Oh, my gosh. That is a really delightful answer. I didn't I say really it coming. I thought you were going to choose Javi Fires. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know who you would choose. <laughs> right? Uh, and this is your final question for me. If you could head up any Broadway revival, what show would it be? Oh, Broadway revival. Mmm carousel oh i know odd choice for me but yeah lovely choice fan. though yeah have you ever gotten to do it anywhere never no no one of my dream roles okay well let's make it happen you did it with <laughs> once you leaned over and whispered this is gonna happen and now you're doing it with carousel <laughs> in six months i'm gonna be heading up let's <laughs> steal your voice <laughs> i'll do whatever it takes honey <laughs> well laura dreyfus is a monster that's what we learned that's, what, that's the takeaway for this episode, you guys. Uh, well if you want to follow this monster on twitter <laughs> oh and you're so funny am i yes oh god Okay. Uh, she's just <laughs> at Laura Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, big, big surprise. Yeah, and if you're in the D.C. area, check out Dear Evan Hansen when it opens. What are those run dates again? Uh, July 10th through August 23rd. Awesome. If the internet is to be trusted. I think it is. Sometimes. <laughs> you never know. How many a week are you going to be doing there? Eight. Wow, yeah. full on. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Well, I hope that's awesome. And I might be able to see it, actually. I'm going to like Virginia, D.C. in that time period. So maybe I can get tickets that weekend. I would love go. to see it. Yeah. There you go. Um, but thank you for coming on. Cole and I are on Twitter. That's right. Uh, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. And, Laura, thanks for being here. Thank yeah. you. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.